You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Biblically, we, we, we have to understand that man was created from the dust of the earth. Dirt. We, in one sense, are a dirt that is referred to as flesh. But man is also spirit and soul. Basically, we are three part being body, spirit, and so, and this being, this body, this soul, this spirit goes through things. It's not that it's not just your body that experience illness your soul can be ill your spirit can be ill biblically speaking you don't need to try to separate the spirit soul and the body in the sense of of trying to make your body more important than your soul or more important than your spirit. You are a three-part being. What goes on in your soul, in your mind, can affect you physically. Then when you go through something physically, it can affect your spirit. It can affect your attitude. Simply because of how God made you. He made you a three-part being. When you step on my toes, I'm going to feel it. Yes, physically. But it's also going to affect me emotionally. I'm going to feel you stepping on it, and it's going to affect me to the point to where emotionally it's just going to cause me to want to push on you physically because of how I'm feeling. I can't let you just stay on my toe. You done stepped on it. Now get off. It's, it don't feel good. You understand what I'm saying? What happens to you physically also affects you mentally and emotionally. And it's supposed to because, again, you are a three-part being. And 
as a human being, you are going to experience sickness. Young or old, you're going to experience sickness. You're going to get ill. Um, some folks experience being ill on a regular basis. Some every now and then. David so understood that illness or affliction is something that everyone will experience to the point to where he said, in reference to the righteous in Psalm 34 and 19, many are the affliction of the righteous. But then he concluded by something he experienced by saying, but the Lord will deliver him or her out of all. David penned that as a promise. You're going to be afflicted. You're going to go through some sickness. But God going, is going to deliver you out of them all. And some folks have a problem with some of God's promises. Because behind the world, God's supposed to deliver and such and such happen. I thought he'd deliver us out of all. He's going to deliver you on this side or the other side. He'll deliver you out of them all. That's a promise. And 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 tells us all of the promises of God in him are. And amen. But I don't want to go into great detail about him delivering us out of all. Because I primarily want you to understand that we will experience illness or sickness here on earth. Amen? Amen? Even biblically, there were people that uh, were very powerful in God, but they experienced illness. I want to take a look at just a couple of them. Go with me to the book of uh, Daniel, the eighth chapter. Let's look at Daniel, how Daniel experienced sickness. Daniel, the eighth chapter. If you're not familiar with the book of Daniel, just... Go to your table of contents. Daniel 8 and the last verse, which is verse 27. And notice Daniel states, And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick. He got real weak and, and was sick. And notice, for days. He was sick not just for an hour, but he was sick for, for days. Whether it was three days or ten days, he was sick for days. But notice, afterward, I rose and went about the king's business. He was sick, but he didn't stay sick. Now, notice the implication. He was able to get over his illness by resting. By resting. After resting, he Got up. He arose. So you don't have to go to the doctor for everything that ails you. If you read your Bible and understand. Because if God changes not what he did for some in scripture, he'll do for you. 
How many agree with that? He just, he, and, and see, you got to know your body. And apparently Daniel knew his body. He just knew, look, I need to rest. I done got weak and it done brought on illness. So I'm just going to rest. And after resting, he was okay. He was okay. But again, the, the implication is that uh, he had to know himself. He had to know his body. Your doctor does not need to know your body better than you do. You need to know your body more so than anybody. You need to know your body. Because, see, there are certain things about your body uh, that you need to know because th there are certain things, if you really know yourself, you know what you can eat and not eat. I can't put that in my body. Because you know your, your body. You know yourself. You have to know who you are. You have to know you as a three-part person. And some of us don't. I said, some of us don't. And that's the reason we can experience sickness over and over again and not know how to deal with it because we don't really know who we are. You got to know you. You got to know your spirit, your soul, and your, your body. Amen, amen, amen. So Daniel, you, you notice Daniel didn't, he didn't go. See a doctor. Because he knew he just needed to, to rest. And then sometimes, you know, man, I need to drink some water. If you know your body. Man, I just need to just get away from everything for a week. Five days. And I'm going to be okay. Let's go further. Let's go to Isaiah 38. Isaiah 38. We'll start at verse 1. Is it talking about King Hezekiah? Isaiah 38 and 1. In those days, Hezekiah was sick. And near death. He was sick. And it was a horrendous illness. Because it was one that could kill him. That's Bible. And he was the king. So he, pro he probably had physicians on his staff. Yeah. But notice what happens. In those days, Hezekiah was sick, near death, and Isaiah, the prophet, son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, 
Set your house in order. You shall die. And not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and, and he prayed. To the one that told him he was going to die. And said, remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth with the law of your heart. And have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Didn't come to Hezekiah, came to the prophet. That's amazing. He going through the sickness, but God going to respond by telling the prophet something. Why would he do that? Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God will do. Unless. You got to know God's order. Sometimes you can pray about something and you come to church Sunday and there go your answer. Boom. That's what happened here. He gave the word to Isaiah, but the word was for Hezekiah. And this is what he told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah, verse 5. Go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. He was still going to die. So it wasn't like going lying. He was still going to die. And get this. He still needed to set his house in order. But God said, it ain't, ain't going to happen. Now, I'm going to give you 15 Years. 15 years. Who changed the death sentence? God. God. You, you can never get to the point to where when somebody tells you you're going to die, that you just accept that person's word. There's only one sovereign. That's God. Hebrews 9 and 27 tells us that it is once appointed for a person to die. Guess who has the appointment book? God. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. John saw the one that had the key to life and death. But get this. All of this that I'm telling you, you have to believe it. Because if you don't believe what the Bible says, whatever you do believe, that's what's going to happen in reference to you. Your belief. See, unbelief can stop miracles from happening. Even when it comes to Jesus. In the scripture, Jesus went to his home. He went to his hometown. And, and the Bible specifically says when, when he was praying for folks that he could not perform mighty works because 
of their unbelief. He did some things, but, but, but unbelief is so powerful to where it can hinder miracles from happening. But on the flip side of that, belief in God is so powerful to where it can cause a sentence of death to be completely changed because you prayed about it. That's all happened in the text right here. Hezekiah just prayed about it. And instead of a sentence of death that was about to happen, taking place, God say, hold up, I done heard your prayer. I'm going to give you 15 years. But, but, but God didn't tell him directly he was going to give them 15 years. He told him indirectly through the prophet. And Second Chronicles 20 and 20 Happened in reference to Hezekiah. What do you mean? The last sentence of uh, Second Chronicles 20 and 20 said, Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. He prospered. He prospered when he believed God's prophets. If you pray and your rhema comes, and you don't receive or accept it, you'll miss a miracle. But if you receive what God put on the table for you, you'll prosper. And my Bible. So Daniel rested and overcame sickness. Hezekiah Pray and accepted the word from a prophet and overcame illness. But our primary concern is James 5, 14 and 15. Well, James asked, Simple question. Is any among you sick? And of course, you're going to go through sickness like I, like I said. He said, if, 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 if some of y'all are sick, call for the elders of the church. Don't call for novices. People who just getting started in ministry. People who, who yeah, they'll pray, but they won't believe nothing they pray. Be down the whole time they praying. Praying hard, but down the whole time. Heal him, Lord, down. <laughs> Gotta have folk pray for you that believe it's gonna happen. That I've seen enough to know that God will move for you. Woo, I don't want any, any, anybody just praying for me. I want somebody praying for me that I know gonna believe God gonna do. You can't be putting your, putting your name on the prayer line. 
I want my name. No, no, it's too many folk that doubt on the prayer line. You, you don't want that. You need specific folk praying for you when you're going through something horrendous in your mind, in your body, or in your spirit. Y'all just pray. No, I, I, I don't need them praying for me because I know they're going to be doubt. Well, you know, I'm praying for them, but my cousin died from that. No, I don't need you praying. You, you thinking about your cousin too much. James, James is very specific. He, he didn't want them calling on everybody to pray. You know how some folk, hey, y'all just pray for me. Now, some folk ain't going to pray, but then there's some folk that they just don't know how to pray. And some folks, they know how to pray, but they still doubt. And it's not putting down novices because you got to start somewhere in ministry. But see, you, you deal with spirits. You deal with opposition when you're praying prayers of deliverance. I, I have went to pray for folk, and, and I knew, I said, man, I'm going to have to really pray at home because I can't pray and this person get deliverance here at the hospital because the person's family was down. I know that's hard, but I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. I went to the hospital and, uh, to pray for folk when, when I would regularly go to the hospital. And uh, I would be telling them, let's join hands. And I could feel that some of them wouldn't believe in nothing. And then later on, I would hear it out of their mouth. I knew she was gone. I was just like, good God, we sitting there praying the prayer of faith. And you was down the whole time. You should have left the room. And see, that's the reason... When Jesus would go pray for certain folk that were, that were critical, he would tell folk, get out the room. Because you can feel that spirit. I know y'all ain't liking all that I'm saying. Because it's common for folk to join hands with everybody, whether they believe in God or not. But you have to understand, there is power in unbelief. And belief. And you don't want the prayer to be him. I have learned that I can pray at home and call something, something wonderful to happen that's a hundred miles away. Let's read in the Bible. Say, he sent his word. And it delivered them. And it healed them. That word of travel. And it'll show up and do for you what needs to be done. You can't have everybody praying for you. Because some folk just ain't going to believe the way. They need to believe in order for you to get a miracle. And some folks ain't going to pray right. And they telling you they're a prayer warrior. <laughs> you just have been reading that book called Prayer Warriors. And thank you one because of what the author said. You, 
you got to be in the trenches. You, you got to go up against some demons that's trying to kill folk. Chase them out the room before you can stamp yourself a prayer warrior. Because spirits that try to kill are real. That's the reason Jesus was point blank in John 10, 10. The thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come. Why? That you might have life and have it more abundantly. Call for the elders of the church. Call for folk that have been in the church. And they are mature enough to where they recognize that they are going to have to deal with opposition. Going to have to deal with doubt and such. But they are willing to do what it takes in order to make sure that the person receives from God what God has ordained for him or her to have. But if you'll notice... The sick person has to make the call. You got to make the call. You got to tell them I need the elders to come down here and pray. And I'm saying to you members of a place of refuge. If you know you got somebody at, at the hospital that, that's, that's down. That's always in your room. When the elders do come to pray. You got to tell them. Look I need y'all to leave while the elders and me we converse. We going to have a little conversation. But I need y'all to leave or step out the room for like 30 minutes. Matter of fact go get you some coffee. And after your coffee come on back. You don't want everybody around when you're trying to get your miracle in certain situations. How many understand? Am I still contextual? And the elders will come, whether to the hospital or to your home. And notice it, it talks about these mature ministers mature servants of God bringing some oil <laughs> oil they didn't stop by Dollar Jones to get the oil on the way no because it has to be consecrated olive oil consecrated olive oil consecrated olive oil even in the Greek and the Hebrew when it talks about oil it, it is specific in reference to it being olive can't get no corn oil why because that's not what God wanted and then it has to be prayed over and you, can't, and you can't switch it in and out. You can't cook with it. And use it to pray. No. It's sanctified. It's, it's set aside. Specifically for prayer. 
I don't know why pastors are going through all that. Because there are some folks think, well, it's just all. No. It ain't just no all. It doesn't take but a few minutes or less than a minute sometimes to consecrate it. But it has to be right. And once you consecrate it, it has to be specifically for sacred use. God is a God of detail. And, and certain things that God tells you, he, he means it. It's just like when, when, when David came back and, and they were carrying the ark of the covenant they had it on they had it on a wagon and, and see that was not the way to transport the ark of a covenant there were specific poles that had been made that four men were, were to grab two in front a pole two poles two in front and that's how they were to carry it but when they put it on a wagon and the wagon got to rocking to and fro and one of the men in order to keep it stable touched it which was in contrast to the will of God he died he died you have to be Specific. Don't need the elders going to to pray for somebody. We got any all? If we ain't got no all, we gonna have to stop and get some. We ain't got no all. One thing the elders should always have in their office, and I ain't gonna check it today, but I'm just saying this: <laughs> is some. Lord, I didn't even have to say. <laughs> I said one thing the elders should always have in their office is and senior ministers. You have to have some all and it has to be olive and consecrated. Prayed for. He said let them anoint them with oil. Matter of fact, I want to read it again. I, I want to make sure I'm specific. Y'all stay with me. No, I'm almost done. Just stay with me. Back, at, back in James 5 and 14 and 15. Y'all stay there. Stay with me. You ready? Let, latter part of verse 14. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Notice, in the name of Jesus. You know, now they folk won't say Jesus. Why in the name of the Lord? Because Jesus means Savior. The one who saves. That's what it means. That, that's the reason he was given the name Jesus, because he, he is Savior. He delivers. He protects. And he causes to prosper. Another definition of save is to make whole. Another to rescue. Another to make free. Another to make whole. 
There are various meanings of save or salvation. But all of the meanings simply mean that, that when you break it down, he going to make you better. He going to cause a change or a turnaround. The prayer, anointing the person with awe in the name of Jesus. I anoint you, not in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Didn't say that, in the name of Jesus. And I know we can break down that uh, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is Jesus. But it specifically say, it says in the name of the Lord, which is Jesus. And then in verse 15. Well, no, no. Let me, let me show you something before I even go to verse 15. Let's go to Isaiah 10. The significance of the all. Let's, let's consider it in, in Isaiah 10. Before I move to my close. Isaiah 10 and 27. Ready? Don't y'all fake on me now. Like you in Isaiah and you know you in Obadiah. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah 10 and 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And this is what I want you to get. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. And the yoke shall be what? Because of the anointing oil. That all that has been consecrated. When you put it on a person in the name of Jesus. God is going to use that ointment. Notice. To destroy yokes. To make you better. What is a yoke? Trouble. Depression. All such. But once elders have anointed, that yoke is going to be destroyed. But elders, I need you to really understand verse 15 in James. Let's go back to James as I close it. Well, I need everybody, but specifically the elders to understand this. It says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. I'm anointing, you're anointing the person with all, praying over them, but the prayer has to be a prayer of faith. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. So it has to be according to the word. It has to be according to the word. But then we, we, we got to go a little, a little further. Because 
Faith is also, according to Hebrews 11 and 1, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, there are some cases it's going to look like it's over. But you know what you're praying is a prayer of faith. The doctor not even said it's, it's just a matter of time. But see, it's a prayer of faith. It's, it's a prayer where, again, Hebrews 11 and 1, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not what? The doctor know it. I don't see how they're going to come back. Well, we, we pray in the prayer of faith, though. We pray in the prayer of faith. We know what you're saying, and we ain't going to let what you're saying get in our spirit. Because we believe in the unseen. How many in here believe in the unseen? I, I, I told y'all testimony after testimony of how they told my daddy time and time again he was going to die. Might as well get ready because he, he ain't going to make it two weeks. He's going to die. And some of you have been through the same thing. Matter of fact, Brother Newell in the back, they basically had gave up on him. But him and his wife refused to accept what was being said and told them what they needed to do. And there are others. There are testimony after testimony in here. But it has to be, you have to see what God sees. What does God see? He sees his word in action. Heaven and earth shall, but not the word. You got to see what God sees. You got to see the word doing what the word do. And the word going to do what it do. What is the word going to do? It's going to do what is written and revealed. So elders praying the prayer of faith. They done gave up on it, but they still praying because they know faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then they know God rewards faith. Because Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without it, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, so the whole time they pray, God going to reward us. God going to honor this. He going to move. He going to move. He going to move. And so they going to pray the prayer of faith. But notice as it continues here in James 5 and 15. Look at this. I need you to see this. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. He's going to raise him up. If it ain't your time to go, if you're on earth and it ain't your time to go, I don't care who done told you you're going to die. You ain't dying because it ain't your time to go. But you got to believe that. I say, if it ain't your time to go, God will raise you up right here. You're going to get raised up whether it's here if it ain't your time to go or whether you get to glory. It's going to happen. But elders can hinder you from getting up here 
if they allow what the doctor have said, the doctor has said, or what they see to control them. You can't go by that. You got to stick specifically to what was promised. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And look how powerful that prayer is. And if they have committed sins, it shall be forgiven. Look at your neighbor and say, that's the reason. When you experience sickness, one option you have is to make the call. And I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. You got to make the call.